You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash Creepy Kingdom. And now it is time to open the crypts. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt. Hello there and welcome to the Creepy Kingdom Movie Crypt, Creepy Kingdom's podcast all about movies, series, and narrative fiction. That doesn't have a good ring to it. (laughs) I kind of like it. Narrative fiction. All right. Narrative it, fiction. It sounds uh, it sounds kind of pretentious and important. It's, this is very important. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important thing you're going to listen to today by far. Uh, right. I'm your host, Mr. James H. Carter II. And I am your other host, Miss Roxy Tart the first. First. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I forgot well, my well, middle initial. Well, God, man. Will there be more Roxy Tarts? I hope not. <laughs> I'd be upset. Right. I guess it would be, I'm your other host, Roxanne B. Tart the first. There we go. There we go. What does the B stand for? Bianca. <laughs> you know that, Mr. Carter. No, I know. But it sounded like something else. Um but anyways, oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. That too. <laughs> that too. Anyways, this is a family show. This is for the whole family. If your family's not uh, listening yet, unplug the headphones and tell everyone to gather around the phone. Yeah, it's totally family friendly. The B stands for Bianca. That's right. <laughs> gather around the YouTube video. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on YouTube, because we are back for uh, another episode of the Movie Crypt previewing what's being released this week um uh, may 1st it's not gonna be may it is may (laughs) have you seen the meme that's going around it's the same one that goes every year it's like roses are red uh violets are whatever and normally it says like it's gonna be may and now it's just a thing over justin's face it says it doesn't matter yeah, no, it says it's, gonna, it's still going to be horrible or something, I think. That's what I said. Something like that, yeah. Just so sad. <laughs> yes, except for sad. here on the Creepy Kingdom movie crypt, we're going <laughs> to... It's going to be fantastic because we're going to give you the lowdown on what's coming out this week in creepy entertainment in narrative fiction. In scripted narrative fiction format. Because <laughs> we're not covering books here. Right? I can't keep up with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, what this, coming up in this episode, we are going to give you a preview of a new film on VOD, The Wretched. I love saying that. Wretched. <laughs> and also going to give you a little preview about a new show on Disney Plus that uh, it's debuting today. If I'm not mistaken, 
The entire series is up right now instead of week to week. It's called Prop Culture. It's a docu-series, not narrative fiction, but it's about (laughs) (laughs) props from movies, Disney movies in particular, and it is incredible. We're going to give you a preview of that, uh, that coming up as well. So... The Wretched, what is this uh, film about? Uh, Roxanne, uh, you know, watched this one. So I did. So what, okay, is, what so is this one about all about? The Wretched is a story about a teenage boy who goes to live with his dad and discovers that the house next door is inhabited by a witch. Um, but not like, you know the nice, like, casting spells, you know, kind of witch. No, it's like a feral swamp witch that's a skinwalker. Wow, that's unpleasant. Yeah, and there's this, none of this is spoilers because it can all be found, you know, in the, like, Synopsis. what's it called? Synopsis and whatnot, yeah. So um, so he, he discovers that the skinwalker um, witch uh, is kicking it next door, and he has to figure out what he's going to do about it. So, I love the idea. Yeah? Yeah. I was so into it. I love the whole idea of, like, skinwalkers. I've always really, really dug, like, that whole mythology. Let's take a, um, let's take a pause there. Okay. What, 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 what are skinwalkers? A skinwalker is literally a creature that uses the skin of another creature to disguise themselves. Uh, okay. So you remember uh, Men in Black? There's Men in Black. I'm also thinking about um, Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, but remember remember the Egger suit? It was like he was wearing a suit, like yeah. an Egger suit. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, because the, the, what the guy was doing and, um, and the guy, you know, <laughs> the, the alien guy. I don't remember their names. And Captain Marvel was... Uh, Talos. Hundred dollars, yeah. I wouldn't no, remember that, that name. That is not a skinwalker. <laughs> oh, okay. No, they were taking on that species takes on the appearance of something that they've already seen. This is you. They kill the host and oh, wear their okay. skin. Gotcha. So, yeah. So a skinwalker kills the host and wears the skin, and they can't do it for too long because it's not. You know, it starts to rot decay. and fall off and decay and not fit right, and so. Uh, yeah, so it's okay for a little while, but not very long. Wow, so what you're saying is in The Wretched, this guy realizes that someone else, his next-door neighbor, is living in someone else's skin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this, this, uh, this particular witch has... Um, I, I like... I like what they did. They, they touched a little bit on the mythology of the witch. And I really wish that they had done more because the little bit that they did, and the little bit that you learned was really cool. Um, uh, super wicked, really cool, really interesting. So I wish there had been a whole lot more like of that. Um, but uh, she's got some, some not so nice things that go along with her powers that I will not get into because that is a spoiler. Okay. Um, and like not, not so nicer than wearing people's skin. Okay. Like, that's that's just already pretty not her. nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not nicer than that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but and it, it, it's, it's really cool. The story is so 
like the the idea of the story is really cool. Um, the, it's a really good budget. You know, it doesn't look cheap or anything like that. The special effects and the like practical effects with the makeup and whatnot all really really good. Um, the acting was all good. I didn't have any problems with any of the actors or anything mm. like that. Um, unfortunately, even though all of that was so good, I almost fell asleep. Wow. Yeah. And I was, I was super disappointed because I wanted to like this movie so much and there was so much about it that I liked, but the pacing and the story itself just never grabbed me. Would you say, um, this is a slow burn? I would say this is almost a no burn. Wow. So yeah, slow burn eventually catches fire, right? (laughs) There was a fire. Yeah. Okay. In the movie. Oh, literally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there was, there was a fire. So there's, you know, there's that. Now I want, I really wanted to like this movie. I really, really did. And I can't say that I didn't like it because I did, but it was just, it was almost like, so you know how when you're first coming up with something, you've got all of these ideas, right? And you put them all up on the whiteboard and you're like, yeah, we've got all of this. And then you take it down and you're like, okay, well, this doesn't really belong. We don't really need this. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And eventually you you've got like a, to the core. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a nice tight core story. Mm. This almost felt like they did not narrow any of those ideas down. So there was a lot of stuff in the movie that did not have any reason to really be there. Like there was a there was a whole bully sub plot line and there was no reason for it. No no payoff, no end, no, no payoff, nothing. Huh? Just that's like that's like a that's like a low hanging fruit payoff there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, he's the new kid in town, so you know, there should be bullies who give him a hard time. Right. And then but at why? the end of the movie the, he gets back at the bullies. I mean, that's what, that's why I call it hanging fruits uh, plot point. <laughs> yeah, but but in this one, at the end of the movie, he didn't. But there were just a few things like that where it was like you can see where they could have been a good part of the story, but they did not need to be there. And because they were kept in, they just took away from the core story, and they had no no payoffs. No. Eh. So there's issues with the story, but you're saying that visually it was enjoyable? Yeah, for sure. I mean, pretty much you said that's the only issue because you said you liked like, almost every other element. Yeah, <laughs> everything else about it I, I really liked. And it's, I, I would never tell someone, oh, don't watch this movie. You know, that is not something that I would say to someone. But um, but it was just, I, I, just, I felt like the story could have been so much tighter. And if it had been, it would have just been such a good movie. Well, it seems to me you, maybe somebody can get enjoyment out of it if if they're, you know, not a stickler for story points. <laughs> I know I'm not one of those people. <laughs> you might like it. No, no, I'm saying I am a stickler for story points. Oh, yeah. Then. <laughs> he might not like it. But I can enjoy something that's visually pleasing that may not have, uh, you know, the best story as well. It was. And it had a lot of cool things. And it's like if you're into especially if you're into that, like almost like Blair Witch type of witchcraft, you know, with the like the woods and the sticks and and that whole kind. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like that whole kind of thing. It had a lot of that imagery. Yeah, yeah, the the poster itself 
uh, it's very creepy and you know enticing. Right. For sure. Uh, I, I haven't seen the trailer, but I saw the poster when we posted about it. So I was, I was definitely intrigued at it. Intrigued about it. Oh, so. Yeah, and um, and I mean, when it came in, like uh, I read the synopsis and immediately was like, "This one, this one's mine. I want this one," <laughs> because like I was totally down for it. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, you know, I was entertained enough, and I, I definitely would say that that I I liked the movie. So that's a it's a fair assessment. Um, um, so I guess people, if you you know. If you still want to check it out or haven't heard of it, you can check it out. I'm interested to hear what other people think about it and uh, let's see. Let's see if uh, the wretched. Yeah, <laughs> I to mean, stand on. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're all stuck on our couches. If you want to watch a movie about teenagers fighting a witch, like, there you go. Oh, and that's it. This is brand new on VOD, premiering on VOD, uh, as it was not released anywhere else beforehand. So. Hot off the press. <laughs> the Wretched. <laughs> I love the name. I love saying the name of this movie. <laughs> I know you do. It's hilarious. Oh, brother. <laughs> well, how about let's jump to a conversation I had with Shannon McGrew for Nightmarish Conjurings. And our discussion about the new Disney plus series prop culture. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to cause I haven't seen any of these yet. So I Get like, ready. I'm super excited to hear what you guys have to say. Get ready. Although the people listening are going to know about it before you, cause that's the way the weird time contingent of podcasts work. <laughs> 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 so let's, Time hop to it. Hey there, I'm here with Shannon McGrew from Nightmarish Conjuring. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for your contributions to the movie Crypt. Of Always appreciated. Anytime. So we're going to be giving a little, a little preview here about the upcoming Disney Plus series, Prop Culture. Yes. So how would you describe prop culture to somebody um it's a show uh hosted by dan lanigan i believe yes yep dan Um, lanigan who is a film historian and prop collector and in the series he goes around finding kind of like hidden gems and props from uh disney movies such as mary poppins and nightmare before christmas tron Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. And I think what's, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here, but the first thing I have to say um, is this, the knowledge that this guy has about the most random props from movies. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is in depth. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the things that I liked about the show was he's very passionate and goes to great lengths to obtain these props. And he doesn't just cash them in for, like, monetary value. Like, you know, he's bringing them to, like, the the Disney archives. Or he's seeing them at Disney archives. Or having, you know, 
the cast of one of the films interact with a piece of prop that they haven't interacted with in decades. And, you know, it's just, you can see that he is so excited to be sharing this and the props with everybody he comes in encounter with. Yeah. The passion is, is there. It's deep and intense. Uh, this is such a cool concept for a docuseries. Perfect for Disney plus because it is just for, for uh, film nerds, for Dis nerds, you know, people that just love digging deep. You know, this is the perfect platform for this because this is this is this is the kind of content that that makes Disney Plus awesome. You know, yeah, and I think it's good because you know my site is specifically horror related, but there was because each episode is different. You know, you do have like A Nightmare Before Christmas and even Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, you know, there's nightmare fuel in that. So there's enough. Definitely. (laughs) There's enough uh, in there to... There's something for everybody in this Yeah, essentially there's something for everybody. A brief uh, rundown of uh, season one, which um, as... Unlike the uh, first wave of Disney Plus series, they actually uh, put them all out at once. So there's eight episodes all available as of today, of the date of this release, May 1st. Uh, starting with, we got Mary Poppins, Tron, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Muppet Movie. Yes. So there's a, there's a lot... Lots to unpack there. <laughs> and there's like we were saying, you know, to your point, there's literally something there for everybody. Like, I may love the Nightmare Before Christmas episode, whereas somebody else may love the Mary Poppins one. Or, you know, there's literally something there that's going to make everybody happy. Speaking of the Nightmare Before Christmas episode, this is Creepy Kingdom. And I feel like we have to... Have, shine a little spotlight on that particular episode of this series because wow it's incredible <laughs> it was incredible i'm not gonna say every episode i was like blown away someone's like oh that's cool you know right on oh that's neat but the nightmare for christmas one it was like we just saw things there as as nightmare fans as creepy stuff fans i don't know horror fans that were just like Wow. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the whole film is props, right? I mean, because it's. <laughs> yeah, like one of the props that Dan gets to interact with is the original sculpture of Jack Skeleton. And, you know, what I wouldn't give for that opportunity. Yeah, original meaning the first prototype they made before, while they were pitching the film. Before, yeah. Yes, yeah I, I don't believe it ever got screen used. I don't. I don't think, I think they, so. They, they, they clarify that in the episode. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, they uh, or Dan, the team they they go over to Danny Elfman's house, <laughs> and he has a screen used one. He has a screen used one in his living room, and just hearing Danny Elfman talk about like this, like these interviews don't exist anywhere else. Like, yeah, like talking to the sculptors, <laughs> all the artists, like oh, it was, it people was, that have put. You know, if you're into stop motion animation, like the artist responsible for like making Spiral Hill unravel, and like and yeah, then they sh- yeah they showed how they made it work and all that stuff. Even the transformation of Sally. 
Oh yeah, Sally ended up. Uh, it was a very different character in the concept art. I actually had or did no idea, and uh, how they transformed her or molded her to fit the you know the perfect uh, version of Sally. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, even um, what's what's the director's last name? Oh, I'm blanking too. Oh, it's Henry's. I always want to say Schleck, but I feel I don't know if that's correct or not. <laughs> We're going to real time look that up. Um, but they end up going over to uh, his house, which is, and he has. Henry Selleck. Selleck. Well, I just made that up completely. I'm glad you fact checked that for me. Um, his first film went on to direct James and the Giant Peach, Coraline, among other incredible stop motion films. Uh, in his house, he's got the. Uh, Screen used Jack Skeleton as, as Sandy Sand. Claus with the uh, on the sleigh with the skeleton the reindeer. reindeer. The act like set up enclosed, of course, just chilling there <laughs> in his living room. And you're just like, wow, yeah, just chilling there, like it's a normal thing. Now, little, for anyone to see, little side note here. Um, you got to go to Leica Studios, yes. Leica Studios, which Produced Caroline and, uh, amongst other Coraline. films. Caroline, Caroline. <laughs> I know it's Coraline. Coraline, the Box <laughs> Trolls, Kubo, and the Two Strings. Yeah, every, everyone knows like it. Link. <laughs> that's listening. But you got to see uh, some stuff there. Did you yes. see stuff from Coraline there? Or? I did. Yes, and I mean, both. I was there uh, as a set visit for Missing Link last year, which feels like. Lifetime ago. Five years ago. <laughs> um, last year. And uh, while we were touring the facility, they also showed us like their Coraline area, which was just, it's just incredible. Like, Right. And so that's incredible to see. And, you know, it's an awesome movie. It's excellent. But you certainly, I don't, I would go as far as to say you don't have quite an emotional connection to that film as you do with Nightmare Before Christmas. No, if I was, I mean, I got pretty, I was pretty blown away with Missing Link, which I hadn't even seen. Um, but as, you know, a designer, an artist, you know, I've always been fascinated with stop motion animation. So being around that was incredible, even for a film I hadn't seen or had an emotional mm-hmm. attachment for. So I can't even imagine being Dan Lanigan and touching... Wouldn't matter if it was the prototype or screen used while Danny Elfman sang to me. <laughs> yeah, as as we were watching the episodes, since we're obviously both journalists here, as we're, we were just imagining, like, oh, you're going to go interview Danny Elfman and he's going to sing lines from yeah. from Night Before Christmas. And you're like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like is this real life <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't even imagine that so yeah i mean em- emphasized enough there i mean the number one it's not the first episode there but the <laughs> that's the first episode you should watch i for sure it is absolutely incredible yes um another one i want to touch on here during a little uh preview of this is you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this. Uh, some people may know, but in case you don't, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is my favorite Disney film of all time. <laughs> and uh, for a while, I don't know how long, but uh, 
almost 20 years maybe, I would say. Pretty much since Bob Iger came in. One of my many complaints of with Bob Iger that I'll say for another time. Um, <laughs> they tried to just sweep Who Framed Roger Rabbit under the rug. Particularly Jessica. They like to pretend Jessica Rabbit never existed <laughs> and was never part of Disney or the Disney theme parks. I mean, there was a whole... She even had a store in Pleasure Island. But no, that didn't exist. We'll sleep it under the rug. This has got to be one of the first acknowledgments of Who Framed Roger Rabbit that Disney has had in years. <laughs> like, absolutely. I mean, the f- I was surprised it even showed up on, uh, on Disney Plus, in all honesty. Because... <laughs> um, so obviously I was very excited for this episode. And I do know a lot about the making of Who Framed Roger Rabbit since it's my favorite film. And I'm sure most people don't. So it's, it's enjoyable. But things in this episode, right off the bat, Dan spends time with legendary actor Christopher Lloyd, who played Judge Doom and, and reflected upon his role as Judge Doom and why he took it on. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going to see that interview besides this show? <laughs> it was really incredible. And another really great aspect of this show is the nostalgia it brings back. And it's like when he's dipping that, sh- when Judge Doom is dipping that shoe into the, uh, the dip, the dip, like, and this is while we're watching the series, like it instantly brought me back to like being a kid and seeing that and being like horrified. That like this poor innocent shoe was yeah, being dipped. This into cartoon the dip. shoe was legitimately murdered yeah. on screen just to prove a point. Yeah, poor little <laughs> shoe cartoon. I love that movie so much. I can't wait for my deep dives. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it was so cool. He sat down with Kathleen Turner, the voice of Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> and brought. Um, he brought, oh, he brought her a, a cell. It was the newspaper where oh, yeah, Jessica the, Rabbit doesn't look like Jessica Rabbit in the newspaper. Right. Whole other controversy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going off left and right. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with this movie. <laughs> I could talk about all these different things there. But my obsession with the film um, actually brought up something interesting. Was that um, what they showed in this episode is what was on, used on screen for the Benny the Cab scenes. Uh, it was this kind of weird motorcycle-esque uh, moped kind of thing. It was this weird kind of car thing and how that was designed and used so that the animators could draw over yeah, to make Benny. Yeah, to make Benny the Cab, yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, so Dan, he goes to the creator of of that machine's house, and it's buried in his workshop or whatever. <laughs> and they go for a ride and all this stuff. And as I'm watching it, I'm going, "That's not Benny the Cab. That's not where that machine is, because that machine currently resides in Hollywood Studios." And what's the name? I could, Backlot Express? I don't know. It's like Backlot Cafe or yeah, something like that. What a generic name that I, always escapes me. But it's in there along with uh, you know production shots from the day on the wall. There. So I'm just like, 
I'm like, is there like a lie? Is this like not true? Like I was really concerned as a Who Framed Roger Rabbit fan because I was like, that's in Hollywood Studios. And also not in Hollywood Studios looks totally different. <laughs> it doesn't even look like the same piece of equipment. No, it's much smaller. And so I'm like, did that guy lie? The guy on, you know, the guy that, that they went to visit and all this stuff. So very inquisitive as I was. Uh, coincidentally, you actually uh, interviewed yeah, it was part Dan. of a virtual roundtable with Dan. And originally I wasn't going to ask because I didn't want to like ruffle any feathers. And <laughs> we were already going through enough in the world. The last thing I wanted to do was like upset anybody. But then my curiosity peaked and I just wanted to know what the answer was. Cool. So we're going to actually play a clip of that interview uh, after we wrap up here. But uh, to, con- to uh, conclude this whole thing... Um, you know, what is your uh, what's your pitch, your final pitch to uh, someone for this show? I think it's definitely a show that families will enjoy together. I think that, like I said, there's something there for everybody. I think some are more uh, engross- engrossing. Is that a word? Engaging. Engaging I don't than know others. What you're for. <laughs> um, becoming you're, like you'll become more engrossed in certain episodes depending on I th- I think what your, your attachment yeah, is. I think your personal interest uh, plays a factor because each episode is a deep dive. So if you're not yeah. if you're not like super interested in one of the movies, you might it might not be like, as engaging. Like I'm not a huge Mary Poppins fan, but I found the storyline or I shouldn't say storyline, but how the original uh, bag was returned or was found. Right. Um, like, I thought that was really interesting. Um, but I'm a huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan and, you know, love Roger Rabbit. So I was super engaged with those. Whereas I've never seen Tron. The Tron one's a very interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. I do think you have to be a certain demographic for that. And I'm not that demographic. It was still interesting. And there's so much to take away from it from, you know, especially if you're an artist, like just the whole process of the design and artwork that went into cars, costumes and set decorating and, uh, you know, tricks of the trade to make things look real when they're not it's very fascinating but yeah for sure um and just one little footnote before we get out of here and say that episode about the muppet movie is very interesting because number one uh the film um was not um a disney film upon its release now disney owns the rights to it um and it actually had a very different feel it really i mean it's something that muppet fans um will really enjoy it. I mean, it's just something that you're just not going to see anywhere else. The, <laughs> uh, there's some of the things in there. I mean, it's literally, that's what's, that's what's so great about this show. And my final thing about this show is, um, is that this show kind of, I, I was, I said this to you earlier, um, off air, uh, off podcast, that the magic of this show is that it like, it like justifies fandom's right to exist. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You know, cause some person might say, Oh, the bag from Mary Poppins, that's not important. But for the people's emotional attachment to it, yep. it is important. And people that, that love the craft 
craftsmanship and the artistry yeah. that they get an emotional response to it or it inspires them or motivates them. That's all very real. And this show is a really a celebration of that. And I applaud this type of programming. And I hope that Disney Plus continues it. I mean, the Imagineering story was absolutely one of the best documentary series I've ever seen in my life. Clearly blown away by that one. Combination of my love for the subject matter and also just as a documentary filmmaker, it was just so excellently executed. This is not the same crew, but I'm just saying that we need to get more content like this on Disney Plus. Yes. (laughs) More, more, more. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's get to your clip. Thanks for stopping by, Shannon. Thank you. About Benny specifically, I had heard that the original Benny was at MGM studio. I call it MGM studios because I grew up. I, I um, do the same. I call yeah. it the same. <laughs> but um, where actually is Benny? Is it is the prop, the actual prop at the at MGM or with I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Uh, the man that created. Uh, so Char- Charlie. Yeah. Charlie Crowell. Yes. So, well. One of the things we learned in doing this episode was that there were two Benny the Cabs created. Uh, And Charlie told us this. There was the Benny the Cab that's used for 95% of the shoot. That is a pretty much rough and tumble uh, go-kart, which is what the one that Charlie has in in his personal collection. He kept that. And then there's the extender car, which was meant for shots when the wheelbase needed to extend uh, when uh, when uh, Benny is going through the um, the alleyway, and there was a couple other shots where they wanted to test that idea, so they had that version of it, which is the one that is in the park. Now I did oh. not know about the one that Charlie had. I always assumed the one that was in the park was the one that they used for all the scenes. Yeah. But after researching it and finding out from Charlie, the one in the park was shot on, but it may not have even made it into the film. But it was made for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Charlie said that he was the guy that was driving the car all the time, and he doesn't think, he thinks most, if not all, the shots that they shot with with uh, Bob Hoskins was the version that he has. And that one changed the base, mechanically based on the shots that they were, they were shooting it on. But that core base car, go-kart, was the one that, uh, that Charlie still has, and that's the one we we got to see. Oh, right on. Thank you so much for answering that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was a big discovery. But we just it, it was too complicated to get into the show, but I'm happy to talk about any of the, any all that stuff, you know, here. Awesome. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, we're gonna uh wrap up this episode here. But before we do, uh I want to uh, just give a little uh, shout out to uh, something else that came uh, to streaming this week on Shudder. It's a film called Blood Quantum. Um, as of right now, we should have a written review of that film up. Uh, Roxy nor I have seen it or have not no. seen it, so we can't really chime in too much about that. But uh, Michelle Halloween from our team checked it out. She said that she loved it. And she has a review uh, up for it, you know, as we yeah. speak. So check that out on our website, creepykingdom.com. Yep. And the other thing I want to mention is that next Tuesday, May 5th, it will be the Blu-ray release of the film Gretel and Hansel. 
And while we're not going to be uh, really covering it on this show, I guess it's as much of a preview as you're going to get. Just say it's available that day. I believe it's already out on VOD. But we actually have a really cool article that we're going to put out that day. Uh, I could say it's cool because I didn't write it. <laughs> I just, whenever I, I'm trying to give people props, but it also sounds like I'm conceited if people don't know that I didn't write it. <laughs> it is an incredibly cool article that neither of us wrote, um, but it goes into the different, um, uh, like the history of the story of Hansel and Gretel, the witches of Hansel and Gretel. So that should be really cool. Yeah, and all the, the different uh, adaptations of it and stuff like that. So... We're really excited to get that one out there, and so you can, uh, I don't know, when, I was going to say not when you go to the store, but when you, when your Amazon order comes in, <laughs> you can read You can check that out on our website, <laughs> creepykingdom.com. That is correct. So, um, I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. Maybe any closing words for this episode of... The movie crypt. Mm, the B still stands for Bianca. All right. <laughs> Let's close the crypt. <laughs> this podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. (laughs) 